Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Trusted Advisor, and we are here with our host. Yep. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Chris Seabrook, your host of Trusted Advisor Radio. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, today, I've got some great guests on here. Of course, we always have our uh, partner that uh, Country Financial works with. And today from Homestretch, I have Ms. Talea Parker. And I also have a business owner guest, Miss um, Sandra Weston from Credit Plus Credit Agent Plus Academy. Um, so let's let's start with uh, with you, Sandra. Um, um, tell me tell me a little bit about uh, Credit Plus Credit Agent Plus Academy. I know it's a little tricky, right? And right. I'll tell you the story the behind that. Um, <clears throat> my son actually came up with the name. <laughs> Because uh, I said I, I do so much more than just credit training. Right. Um, it's it's a lot deeper than that. And he said, well, then just call it Credit Agent Plus. And I said, that's really neat. So we, we went with that. But it is sort of a tongue twister. But anyway, um, again, I'm Sandra Weston with Credit Agent Plus Academy. Um, we do online personal and business credit coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a holistic approach. It's not just about getting your credit score up. It's more about your financial life. And credit scores are such a big part of your financial life. But that's not the whole story. And one of the things that happens is that people are so obsessed with credit scores that they don't think about the impact. And you probably can talk about this. They don't think about, well, it's not just about, you know, getting myself into debt. It's also about creating a plan that's going to get me out of debt, a plan that's going to create a future for me, and a plan that's going to have me retire comfortably, right? Right. So that's what we do is just try to bring education and toolkits to people, um, but bring them the education that's going to empower them. So I consider myself an educator and an empowerer. Right. And and, and I know you focus really heavily on um, teaching people about how credit works. What, what would you say, I guess, is something that's, that people maybe misunderstand about how credit works that kind of gets them tangled and intertwined in those um, tough spots? So that's a subject that my entire course is on. Right. <laughs> so we could spend hours on that topic. But really, the, the short stop of it is that Um, I spent 25 years in the finance industry, and I was a credit analyst, investment analyst, um, but mostly for the business side, right? And I was in commercial real estate for over 18 years. Um, But the biggest misnomer, misconception is that credit scores, right, are indicative of what you're going to get from a lender. And that's not how it works. A credit score is sort of the threshold that they'll start looking at you. But really, there's so many other factors that start going into. And then one of the key things that I really want to stretch today is that FICO scores are really what the lenders use versus the educational scores that are out there. Now, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with educational scores because it gives you education. Right. It Mm -hmm. kind of gives you an idea of where your credit score is. But the reality is that every lender And this is the piece that I really want to drive home. Every lender decides what credit agency or what credit scoring model they're going to use. And then every credit score changes bases 
on the algorithm that the creditor has. And then every creditor, or by creditor, I mean, or credit bureau, right? Mm -hmm. So we have three major credit bureaus who all use different algorithms, who change their algorithms randomly, right? Because they don't want us to know when the algorithm's changing. Mm -hmm. And then you have lenders and creditors who also have a different model of how they're going to evaluate risk. Because that's all it really boils down to. They're evaluating risk, right? right? So what happens is that your credit score can be anything from one day to the next. It just depends, right? What credit lines you have, what creditors you have, what's the timing of the credit. So people are overly obsessed with my score, but I want people to focus more so on what it takes not so much to get a great credit score, but what it takes to get a great financial life. Great. And I think that's what's most important. Nice. And I, and I like how you pointed out the fact that uh, your credit score is an assessment of your risk. Because um, from the insurance side, I can, I can say I know most insurance companies will take a look at your credit score. And people don't really understand why that is, but it, it helps us understand um, how much of a risk you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the credit score may determine your financial responsibility, but in some regards, it kind of tells a little bit about you. And it's really the only gauge that the insurance company may have if they're starting a new relationship with you. But now you also talk about um, credit debt versus credit power. Um, oh, can yeah. you explain That's what that is? That's my favorite. Um, yeah. So here's the thing we've been thinking about credit, personal credit, all wrong. Um, credit if you don't use it properly, is debt. And debt is detrimental, (laughs) right? But if you use credit to empower income-producing activities, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a couple of examples of that. Um, I know a gentleman who likes to buy tax liens. He puts them on his American Express. He floats the tax lien for, you know, that forbearance period. Once he has the property, he fixes it up with more debt, Then he sells it, right? Mm -hmm. Pays off all his debt and makes a profit. And he keeps repeating that routine, right? And then he has a couple going on at the same time. That's one strategy of millions that you could do with credit. But the the main key concept that I hone in on my classes is that credit is access to capital. And when you have access to capital, you have power to move and do some things. The key is what do you want to do, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you could learn, and and let me backtrack. I created Credit Agent Plus Academy for one big reason. Number one, um, being in the industry myself, I saw the the disparities between the people who have and the have-nots, right? Right. Those who had, they had advisors, and they Mm -hmm. had people that they could go to and experts. And so they weren't the smartest people on the planet, but they know where to go for information, right? Right. And then those who did not have, they had no clue about the information. And then whatever information they got was either, you know, skeptical at best, right? Mm -hmm. So what was happening is that you had a lot of people just sort of falling into prey, including myself, right? Because you get into these um, credit repair people who charge thousands and thousands of dollars and in all honesty, They didn't do anything that you couldn't have done, right, right, with the right education. So that's really why I created this, so that it would be a place where people could educate and empower themselves. Because, unfortunately, just do a Google search, and there's so much information out there, and half of it is wrong, right? Or it's misrepresented. I shouldn't say wrong. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) 
it's just misrepresented. So, um, but did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and your program is designed to essentially to kind of train people over a period of time. Um, and I know you've got some courses in there. Can you talk about some of your courses and the timeline for um, maybe completing the program or how people progress through it? Yeah. So in all reality, um, I see my program going anywhere from three months to a year. And the reason it's such a vast uh, time frame is because I don't know where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So some people just they have a good understanding of the basics. Mm-hmm. And so all they really need is a roadmap to their financial success and their financial freedom. Right. They just sort of need to understand what it is that they really want. And then we create a plan around that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then they don't have much to get up and running. Right. They they have a good savings. They have insurance. They they understand some of the basic kind of financial parameters. Mm-hmm. But then you may have someone who's absolutely clueless. Right. And at that point, you know, I have to grow them up from basic financial literacy, then into credit power and then to wealth building. And those are the three um, programs I have. Mm -hmm. So it's the starter plan, which is just really financial literacy. It's just, um, you know, understanding, you know. What a bank account is, how to balance it, you know. The very basic stuff. (laughs) Very basic stuff. (laughs) Building a foundation. Yeah, but that's exactly what I said. You're Mm -hmm. building your building blocks. Um, But then when it starts getting very creative, um, when we get into the wealth builder side, it gets very creative quickly, right? Because it really depends on what the person's appetite is, right? Mm -hmm. And what really um, kind of the the ABCs of their financial plan, right? Some people are risk adverse. They don't like too much risk. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to tell them, hey, go start investing in cryptocurrency and do Bitcoin. I mean, you know, do the Forex market. No, I'm not going to tell anyone that, you know, that's what they're... But but the key, it doesn't even matter what you really get into. It boils down to what I call the three-step formula. And if you do these three steps, you'll be wealthy for the rest of your life. And it's very simple. You minimize your debt. You increase your income. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the third step, which is a lot of people would. And then you increase your credit power. And, And that credit power is the piece that most people overlook. But think about it. If you have access to capital. Right. Because this is what this is. I'll be honest with you guys. This is how they do it. You may have 100, 150,000 in your bank account. And why would you use that? That's all you have. Right. Right. But because you have a great credit score, because you have a good history, you can go get a $500,000 credit line or a $50,000 credit line or, or whatever you're doing, right? So this is what they do. Most corporations, this is what they, they leverage credit and money together to give them the best possible outcome. And so all I'm saying is, why don't we do that for our personal life, right? We could do it for our business life, for sure, but mm-hmm. let's do it for our personal life, right? Let's leverage credit so that we empower our financial life. Very cool. And uh, you you mentioned, you touched on business just a little bit, but um, before you really get into that business side, do you, is it very important for you to build up your personal credit or can you build up your business credit first and kind of go back to your personal Here's credit? Here's the thing. Um, there, when you first start out, they're one and the same. Your business credit is your personal credit because most people are not going to take a chance on a startup. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to know who are you, yep. right? And what's your credit like? So 
it's one and the same in the beginning. But once you start separate, once that business starts taking off and becomes its own entity, mm-hmm. now it can stand on its own and it has its own business credit. So what I try to tell people is you want to work on your personal credit. But eventually, as you move down the road and you have a good financial plan, you want to start separating that. And you want to minimize, and here's another reason why, you want to minimize your personal debt, right? You want to minimize your personal credit because it's capped, okay? And this is something that a lot of people don't know. Um, When you're looking at personal credit, um, lenders and creditors generally, and I'm throwing a very general number out here, after twenty five thousand, they're getting a little nervous, right? They 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 want to know, okay, what else do you have besides a job that is going to cover this expense if right. it, something goes wrong? So twenty five thousand seems to be that magical number that you know they'll give you credit lines and things like that, but after a certain amount, now they want more information, right? Mm-hmm. Business credit because it's an operation, it starts much higher, right? And so there's really not that sort of cap it's only as as the credit will go as far as you can show that the income goes right so if you can show that the income is in the millions they'll afford you a credit line or 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 a loan in the millions wow wow okay and then so so now once you've got your personal credit where it's kind of built up where it needs to go where where are people going to to kind of start the process of um aside from talking to you where what what's the process of building their business credit to kind of get things moving in that direction. So aside of me, I don't, um, I don't really see anyone really talking about this. They talk about personal credit and mm-hmm. they talk about business credit, but they talk it separate, right? right. It's generally separated. Um, and, and there's reason for that um, because it's when you're talking about personal credit, people are talking about how do I buy my home? Mm-hmm. How do I buy a car? You know, how do I get this credit card? Um, And my goal, so I'm kind of not going to answer your question. Okay. (laughs) My goal is stop, stop that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to, let me go back. One day my um, pastor had a guest and he said, you can live debt free. And at the time I was like, that's not possible. I have a mortgage. I have a car note. I have this, I have that. And this is probably about 2008. And then over the course of those years, you know, this was just something that was gnawing on me. The idea of living debt free. Is it possible? Mm-hmm. And then not only did I realize it's possible, but there's a strategic plan to get there. Right. So the thing is, and I'm going to touch on your question, is mm-hmm. I don't really want people to say, hey, let me get my personal credit in, and then move into the, my business credit. Right. That's generally how we'll do it. But but the the final idea is don't think about credit as, you know, a way for you to get and buy, but think of credit as a way to leverage, right, right. to create money. Right. And so what you want to do in what you were asking is first figure out your plan. And then around your plan is where you'll start strategizing how much credit you need, whether you need to go personal or business. And like I said, when you're first starting out, it's going to be one in the same. But you want to have a long-term plan as to how you're going to do this. Wow. Okay. So um, 
I know I kind of didn't answer the question, but that's okay. <laughs> you, you, you warned me, so that's fine. <laughs> um, so okay, so so you're going down the path of getting your business credit. You're you're um, you know cleaning up your personal or not cleaning up. Maybe you've um, done a great job of of uh, establishing your personal credit. And you can say um, cleaning up because after 2008, everyone's in that boat, right? Cleaning right. up their credit. <laughs> so I shouldn't um, say everyone, but at least a decent amount of people, yeah, right? A decent amount. <laughs> um, okay, so. You you mentioned um, living living debt free, right? Yeah. And so a lot of people will will um, get this idea of okay, well I'm not going to use any credit, I'm not going to um, uh, expose myself to debt. Um, would you say that that's a, a detrimental thought process? Oh, like absolutely. It, how do you? Um, I guess get use debt. Um, uh, I know debt power is is what we want, but how do you? Um, uh, I yes. guess, get to the point to where you are figuring out how to leverage this debt. Okay. So um, some of the, the points, the key points in, in, in the Wealth Builder plan, again, I told you it starts with the plan, right? right? And let me, tell, let me just be specific about what I mean. Um, let's say you're a hairdresser, mm-hmm. right? And you're working and you're doing hair all day long, right? So what's your financial plan as a hairdresser? Do you plan to own a salon maybe? Do you plan to, you know, what are your plans? Like where is it that you want to be in the next 10, 15 years? Do you still want to be doing hair? But most likely I would assume that at some point, you know, they're going to want to brand themselves out, right? Mm -hmm. Because now they can get 10 times more customers if they have a salon or they may have a school or they may have something, right? So, so going with my imaginary person here, one of the things I would do or what I would ask them to do is to start looking at what really the end goal is. And if the end goal is to have your own salon, then we are going to work on that personal credit and we're going to start working on that business credit, right? So that you can do what? Go into the bank and start getting a business loan for your salon, right? Right. Now, and this is the piece that's farther down, now we got to maximize that business, Right. Um, and the idea that you were saying about, oh, I'm not going to have any debt is just not in the, I'm not going to say it's not realistic, but what I am going to say is that if you have no debt, right, any debt whatsoever, and you're not creating any income, you're really no better off than if you had credit and you were creating income, you see, Mm -hmm. because think about it like this. And this is one of the prime examples I love to give people. Matter of fact, my daughter asked me this the other day because she is like, when I say risk adverse, she's the one that pops in my mind. She doesn't want to take any risk of any kind. Right. <laughs> she's like, I'm just leaving my money in a savings account. I said, really, Nia? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> Do you know what's happening to your money in a savings account? She's like, it's safe. I said, really? Okay. Well, every year that goes by, the CPI index is going to tell you what inflation is. Yep, yep. And you're losing that amount of money every single year. So a dollar today versus a dollar tomorrow, it's not going to be the same amount of dollar. Right. So you, you really have to be strategic with that dollar. And, and it's okay to leverage credit. Right. You just don't. And, and one of the things I really, really big warning sign, if we could have like a flashing thing right now, <laughs> you got to be careful because you can quickly, you know, over sort of over leverage yourself and be in so much. You know, you have so much credit running, especially if you get excited about projects. You want to take out another credit line. You want to do this and you think they're all going to be perfect. Right. They're all going to hit. 
And then if you don't have a plan for how you're going to manage all that credit, you can get into trouble and into, you know, bad water very quickly. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, so I want to take a second here and, and, and find out a little bit about Homestretch. Um, so Talia, um, first off, can you tell me, tell me what, uh, Tell me about Homestretch um, and then also uh, how you got involved. Absolutely. So Homestretch is an organization that assists working homeless families within the North Fulton area. So let me just take a break and allow you guys to take that in because a lot of people do not believe that we have um, a large amount of working homeless people in Roswell. Mm. And... um, I'll tell your story first. Sure. So in my early 20s, I was actually homeless. I um, decided that I wanted to um, be out on my own. My mother is a lieutenant colonel in the military, and she just did not know as much as I did at 20. <laughs> and uh, That's how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, d- I decided to go out there with $200 in the bank. Like mm-hmm. your daughter, I thought I knew everything, and um, I thought that money would take me a long way, and it didn't. So trying to go to college and um, be out there on my own just didn't work out for me, and I ended up living on the sofas of a lot of my friends that were in college as well. And... Um, I've always had a fondness for giving back. At the age of 13, my mother um, highly encouraged my sister and I to volunteer. Volen told us we were going to work at the VA hospital for the summer. Okay. And at that point, she introduced me to my greatest passion and my gift, my purpose for being here, and that's to give back. So fast forward, uh, home stretch. I was introduced to it in 2014 by a family member. I was mm-hmm. working in corporate uh, within the diversity and inclusion uh, department, and we were looking for organizations, nonprofit organizations, closer to Windward Alpharetta area. And um, once I was introduced to home stretch in 2014, I was a part of corporate give back. And um, it just stuck with me. And later on in my life, I decided to work directly with nonprofits, having an immediate and direct impact, not through corporate giving, but through my own my heart. And um, th- there was an opportunity presented to me within Homestretch, and it's the first nonprofit that I was interested in being a part of and being a leader in the organization. And um, after several months of interviewing, I was granted the opportunity to live my passion, to mm-hmm. be my best sense of excellence every day. So thank you very much to the executive search team. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm, I'm very appreciative. And one thing I would say with Home Stretch, we have an amazing group of members that come in every single day and give their all. And, you know, initially it was, you know, you want everything to be perfect. Not perfect, but every day we give our residents our best sense of excellence. We are responsible for ensuring that the residents within Homestretch are able to sustain life once they leave Homestretch. And we have an amazing group of volunteers, a governing board body that's currently led by Bob uh, Hagen. He's our board president. And at Homestretch, we, we give hope to hopeless, homeless, 
and you know that was me. Within Home Stretch, we teach life skills. We have uh, 23 what we call transitional homes. Uh, many of them are sponsored by corporations or religious organizations. And then we also have uh, 16 other homes that are affordable. We charge affordable, excuse me, affordable rent. Um, we provide tutoring, counseling, mentoring, food, and uh, life skills to our residents. And our residents are able to stay at home stretch up to two years. And listening to you talk about your organization, it reminded me of a resident that we had that came into the program with the credit score of 400. And when she graduated from the program, because that's what our residents do, they graduate. Mm -hmm. She left with the credit score of over 700, and she was able to um, identify a sustainable housing, and that's basically our goal. That's our mission: mm-hmm. temporary housing, permanent solutions. Wow! Wow! So, so now you you uh, you mentioned that you started in, in corporate and, and then ended up making this transition to a nonprofit. Um, how was that journey? It was. It's a journey that I wouldn't trade because um, my experiences within corporate and also I'm an entrepreneur as well. Mm -hmm. It helped with the transition um, going into a nonprofit. Within corporate, you know, you are able to pick up life skills, right, right, that you can share within nonprofit. You do more with less within nonprofit. And uh, being able to balance, you know, profit and loss, uh, credit for the organization, Um, What keeps me up at night is making sure that the team that I have will stay employed and also continuing to provide um, the mission to the residents, keeping a roof over their head and giving them the life skills to Mm -hmm. sustain. One of the things that um, I I am so thankful for is that I was within corporate with the wonderful um, organization, I won't say the name, Telecom. Telcom, and um, I always tell people they raised me professionally because it was there that I was leading one of their retail stores and then went into um, the business sales and marketing department Mm -hmm. where I was aligned with Coca-Cola and UPS and learning how to manage um, different levels of the organization and different expectations really helps within nonprofit. Wow. Okay. So you you probably have I know you've worked with a, a lot of nonprofits um, in from the corporate side, um, and you probably have worked with some who do similar work to what Homestretch does. But what would you say makes Homestretch a little bit uh, unique? Um, makes them a little bit different? What can you tell me that sets them apart? Well, guys, I'm, I'm trying to hold back my excitement because anytime I talk Come about Homestretch, I get excited because. <laughs> um, My excitement is what makes us so unique, one. And then secondly, I think of Homestretch like a college campus. You go to school to get the education, but you live in the dorms, Mm -hmm. right, for the shelter. That's what Homestretch is all about. Our residents come to us. They live in the transitional housing, but they're at Homestretch within those two years to get the education. How to go back out there again do not have the, the weight of the shame of being in transitional housing because 
two, three years ago, I started to be comfortable with standing in my truth and sharing my story. And um, I, I speak the language of many of our residents. I carry the weight and the guilt and the shame of being in corporate and being working homeless. Mm-hmm. So home stretching is unique in the fact that we provide the housing and the education at the same time. Can I add to that? Um, what you're talking about is something that has been on my heart for a while because this idea of the working homeless is going to be more and more prevalent and a reality for a lot of people. And it goes back to what I said about a dollar today and a dollar tomorrow. If we don't start getting creative and understanding how not only does our credit work, but our money work, we will find ourselves in that position. And not because we're not good workers or hard, you know, hardworking, but because technology is moving at such a fast pace and these companies are creating, you know, sort of these, these fast, um, hyper frequency uh, movements, right? Where they want everything faster, better, greater Uh um, and not realizing that they're squeezing out, right? People, live people. And, and this is a, a a trend that we're seeing. It's a trend that um, is actually happening. And here's, I want to share one quick story. Sure. I was on um, um, Ralph Dahlia, not Ralph, sorry, excuse me. Um, Mr. Dahlia. uh, What's his first name? Mr. Anyways, he is a very uh, famous trusted advisor, and it's Dalio, and I can't believe his name just escaped me that quick. Um, but this man is worth billions. Okay, this is the point I want to make. And he was, and so this concept that I've been telling you about AI technology taking over, and then that's just squeezing people to not have enough money, right, to do what they need to do. And so I've been kind of been on that soapbox, and then I saw him on the news. And he was saying the very same thing. And, and he's at a much higher level, but he's like, look, our system is broken. And if we don't fix it, we're going to find ourselves in a very, very, you know, precarious situation. It's going to be really, really bad because in 10, 15 years from now, you know, a lot of people who were making 100000 that's not going to cut it. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about where rent is today. <laughs> I was about. To it's say not going to cut it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know Absolutely. I mean? And I get amazed how Atlanta keeps building up. Um, and like I said, I'm on the commercial real estate side, so I know how they push those rents. Um, but the whole concept of affordable housing, that's something that is just in dear need of help right now. And so, uh, you know, doing something like, you know, home stretch, I think is just not only is it a, a model for today, but I think it's going to help people as well um, to start thinking, right? How can I give back? How can I help? And that's really the, the end goal for not only my program, but I think for human beings is we really need to be in a place where we say, what can I do for others, right? How can I help other people? Absolutely. And, you and- know, that needs to be what we need to think about more so than how can I get my... Bentley and <laughs> right, right, <laughs> absolutely. And just to touch on, if I may, um, some of our families come to us, and it's not because they are not good parents; they do not work hard. One large medical bill, oh my, could goodness, devastate yes. a family or a car accident. It could mm. have an impact on that family's livelihood because I know a lot of people, and you know, I think of my own history. 
I was living paycheck to paycheck. And if you miss one paycheck, that could send you into the state of being a working homeless, you know, family. And um, within Homestretch, we teach about, you know, credit. So I definitely would like to invite you to come and be a speaker at one of our life skill uh, meetings as mm-hmm. well. Because that, that's very important. A lot of the points that you made earlier just really touch to a lot of the things that we try to teach our residents. And, you know, we are connected with so many different organizations that assist. I do not want to name any because I do not want to overlook anyone. So, um, you know, I am just... I wake up every day with a great sense of purpose. You know, I know my why when I get up in the morning. I know my why when I leave and uh, go home at night. So it is incredible the work that we're doing. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm glad you said about the why, because I think that's where I was. I didn't know my why. Right. I I was doing a lot of work um, in corporate America, you know, doing deals that I was proud of. I was just, oh yeah, um, you know, just going up the ladder. and and But I did reach a level where I said, okay, what am I actually doing, right? What I keep making people rich, and that's great, right? And I get the little accolades. I get to go to the closing party, and, you know, I get to eat steak and all that. And that's great. But really, what am I doing? Who am I affecting? What am I... Where am I going with this, right? And and it took me some time. It's not an easy thing. So I I just want to applaud you because finding you. your why, I tell you, <laughs> thank you. One of the hardest things I've had to do, <laughs> but I'm I'm getting there, and I'm not completely there yet. But I know it starts with what I've been doing with Credit Agent Plus Academy. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you. May I say something also? Every time you say something, it just reminds me of something. Mm -hmm. So again, being in corporate, climbing the corporate ladder, as you stated, there was a young man, and this is when um, my life really turned around. I've I've always been volunteering. I come from a family of military servants and uh, people that were domestic workers. So, and that's part of my entrepreneur spirit, my my side uh, business. Um, There was a young man that he worked in IT. He was very quiet, and he just really wouldn't speak. I'm a morning person, and I want you to speak back to me. I want to have conversations. And, you know, my finance manager, Dennis Batiste, he can attest to, um, I want to talk first thing in the morning. It's (laughs) 637 o'clock. I want to know what's going on. And um, he, I said, okay, he's not going to speak back to me. I'm not going to speak back to him because I'm human still, Mm -hmm. and I'm a girl on the inside, so my feelings were hurt and um one Monday morning he spoke to me first and I was shocked and he said he just wanted to thank me and I'm thinking okay thank me for what and he said that Friday he was going to go home and just end his life he didn't think that his life mattered and at that point I said I don't care where I am who I'm speaking with be present in whatever it is I'm doing and that's when you know my best sense of excellence will always be present. And I, I know I have Athea here, my office manager, can attest I'm firm but fair because every day you give your best no matter what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. You never know how you can impact somebody. Correct. Um, so uh, you all kind of went, uh, went uh, <laughs> gave me the opportunity and then took it away and then gave me an opportunity. <laughs> but how, how do people generally get involved with, uh, with Homestretch? Well, there are several ways. We um, we have 
four major fundraisers every year. Mm -hmm. We have the Peachtree Tea that normally takes place in February. We also have a golf tournament that has been moved to October of this year. We also have our annual road race that takes place in April. And then we also have a barbecue. We're constantly looking for volunteers to participate with assisting with fundraisers. We're always looking for sponsors. We are always looking for people to just come in and donate frozen food items or cleaning supplies to our residents. Um, We have a big push for bed in the bags because, if I may, when a family moves into Homestretch, they are provided with a fully furnished two- or three-bedroom apartment. Some are equipped ADA accessible. They have a gift card for food that they're given. We have all of the cleaning supplies um, inside of the units. The units are immaculately decorated. So anything that a family needs when they come into the program, it is provided. They move in with the clothes on their backs. Do you guys rent those apartments or...? We have uh, 16 affordable units that we rent out. We have townhomes and duplexes for rent. But within um, Roswell, it's our Millbrook community. We have 22 uh, units that are available. They are duplexes. And then we also, by the grace of God, have a, a family that shall remain nameless. They um, allow us to have their three-bedroom home a part of our transitional housing. So, um, you know, we, we get blessings every single day. And one thing I want to say as well, when I talked about standing in my truth, because that's what we're trying to teach the family, to stand in the truth and get rid of the weight. I was listening to Tyler Perry. He was on Oprah. And I was a visitor when he was trying to get his first play off the ground Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then when he started to share his story with Oprah that's what really encouraged me to think about opening up and sharing my truth so someone like that that was homeless right here on the streets of Atlanta can open up share his story I'm not talking about Tyler Perry the success but Tyler Perry the man that's what I've I want our families to really just align with. You never know where your path is going to take you. Your situation now is not who you are. It's just your temporary state of being. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I wanted to point out, you you mentioned um, your, your part of your story was that you had the struggles during college, but you all actually take in families, like people who are, you know, adults, they've been in their career. It's just they had a bad turn of luck and, and now they need that assistance to kind of take them um, uh, through the troubles and, and back to where they can actually survive. Right. Absolutely. We um we try to keep the families together. That's our mission. That's our goal. Stable family, stable financing, stable housing, stable employment. So um, husband and wife, mother, father, single mothers. We have a single father right now in our program, and that's something that we really don't talk a lot about is the single father. But there are fathers out there that are trying to keep their families together no matter what the myth is. So, yes, and to be a part of our program, there are three main things that we look for initially. One, you have to have some type of relationship or ties back to North Fulton area. You have to have custody of minor kids. And then you also um, must maintain a full-time job. 
37.5 hours is what we're asking, where most jobs now, full-time, it's 40-plus hours. So we look for that, and while the families are there, we are looking for opportunities to increase their income or uh, provide um, the next level job. I don't like to say better job, but the next level of job for the families as well. Wow. And are you generally having um, uh, some of your corporate partners that are able to provide these jobs or how are the um, the transitions to their next level jobs um, coming about? We have um, what we call internal referrals where we can definitely reach out. And then yes. we have a fascinating group of financial um, mentors that assist the clients. We mm-hmm. work with them with um, kind of enhancing their resume, if you will. Mm -hmm. So we do. We also um, look for opportunities for a lot of our families. They have college degrees. We have a young lady in program now with a degree in social work, a master's degree. So, you know, typically when I speak to younger younger people about what does homelessness look like to you, and they think of the individuals that they meet Mm -hmm. absolutely on the street and and that's not what our families are all about some of our families sleep in their cars we had a father that was sleeping in the car with his teenage son so can you imagine that or sleeping in like the extended stage so it's a very unique um look that they have because i always ask when you look at me do you think that once upon a time that i would have been homeless so you just never know someone's story. No. And, you know, it's so funny. Can I interject? Absolutely. <laughs> well, no, no, because, you know, I, I came here to talk to you guys about Credit Agent Plus Academy and how great it is and all that. But I feel like I've been set up <laughs> <laughs> because this is an awesome program. And I really want to talk more about this um, because, um, believe it or not, as a child, I was homeless. And um, I vowed by the time I was 16, I left home. So my parents um, were on assistance, right? So we were in and out of hotels, um, Mm -hmm. sleeping in the park, you know, just all kind of, I mean, I I plan to write a book, but just the story after story after story. Um, But what happened to me is that I got so angry and I said, you know what? I will never be homeless again. And I left home when I was 16 and um, I was doing the same thing, but I was working, I was going to school, mm-hmm. high school. I was working two jobs. Uh, I worked at the movie theater, and then I worked on weekends at a retail store, and I would pay people 100 150 just to sleep on their couch. I worked my way through college doing that, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I had this, you know, sort of vengeance <laughs> that I was never going to be homeless again, but... Like I told you earlier, I've been trying to find my why and just really hone in on some stuff. And I know that I haven't really explored, but I know that affordable housing is something that really I'm passionate about because I understand it. But the reality is, and what I wanted to share with you, is that um, it is a shame that you carry and you think, Mm -hmm. oh, you don't want anybody to ever know, right? And my daughter was like, Mommy... You need to share your story because it's powerful. Only, you know, my immediate family knows my story. Um, but I never been comfortable until now to really tell anybody because at the end of the day, I, 
I try to hide from those memories. You know what I mean? I try to make them go away Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to live that. But what if I stood in my truth that that's how I grew up, but that's not who I am. And just because I grew up that way doesn't mean that, um, you know, it was my fault or even, right, that I had anything to do with it. But it's, and that's the thing that people, and that's really the point I want to make towards what you're saying. People carry that shame, but... It's not their fault, right? Like you said, one medical bill, one, you know, bad situation, you get sick, you can't work, and they don't keep your job, and next thing you know, everything's tumbling. And before you know it, I mean, you have at best three months when you're in an apartment and you're renting, and that may be too long. They'll probably have have you out of there even faster than that. But the reality is you can be evicted very quickly, And then if you're, you know, if we remember 2008, all the foreclosures that happened. So this concept of ending up homeless and you're working and you're still, you know, a decent person, right? Correct. Absolutely. Um, Is real. And I just think, um, you know, I definitely want to get, you know, in touch with you and see how I can help you guys. Because the reality is, back to what I was saying earlier, right? Um, when we create a plan in this financial plan can't be about, oh, let me get all the money I can. Right. It has to be about how can I help other people? Absolutely. And like I, I said, I just feel like I've been set up here. <laughs> it's like so, something's going on and I can feel it. But I'm like, OK, what, what's going on? But, you know, I, I commend to commend you guys for what you're doing, because I always think about. You know, I planned, I had thought, oh, one day I'll get involved or one day I'll do something. But one day is too long ago. You know one day mean? is today. Exactly. That's what, that's my point. There you go. One day is, is <clears throat> you know, right now. So anyway. Nice. Okay. So as we um as we come on the uh, the, the tail end of the show, we we like to do um a, a segment with the we call um, Simple Steps. So um, Country Financial has a, a campaign that we do um, where we focus on taking small steps to achieve um, larger goals. Um, so, uh, Sandra, if you would, um, share maybe a few simple steps that people um, can do to um, get on that right path to to getting credit power. Okay. So I'm going to give you three simple steps, and we're going to start with what we talked about. Sit down and write your why. Because if you write that down, it's going to give you the plan is going to sort of create itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to know what it is that you're actually after. Once you understand or at least start, you know, saying, okay, why? Why do I want to get involved with this? Why do I want to do you know, why do I want a better credit score? Right. Why do I want to buy a house? Why do you know, once you start working through that, why? Um, The second step is once you sort of tone that down, then real simply, you can order your own credit credit uh, report. Mm -hmm. Start looking at and and this is what um, as a matter of fact, I have a free um, Excel based template, which I call financial freedom dashboard. And all you do is take all of your expenses and all of your income and see where are you at. (laughs) Right. Right. If it's negative. We got to get some more money. If it's positive, okay, let's pay. start paying down some debt, right? And then the last part about credit power is you want to start looking at ways that you can maximize your, um, if you have a credit card, here's what I mean. Let's say you have a credit card and 
Um, this is one key piece that I want to share with her. Let's say you have a credit card and it has, let's say, $5,000, right? Mm -hmm. Your creditor, because remember, creditors are in business because they want to lend money, right? That's how they make money is by giving more money. Mm -hmm. So they want to give you more money. The key is you have to make sure that your credit report shows that you can sustain more money, right? So what you want to do is be able to increase your limits, not use your limits, right? Just get them increased. Right. So one of the things that you want to do there or, or how you do that is by making sure that you have good payment history, right? Make sure that your credit limits, is basically your um, credit ratio, right? Your um, credit limits are not being used more than 30%. That's the key number that everybody says. Mm -hmm. I like to say 10, right? Mm -hmm. Don't use more than 10% of your limits, right? Every month you should not carry that to the next month. Most of us are carrying our limits every month, right? right. That full limit. We have $5,000. We're at $4,995 the next month. So you're not using the full <laughs> limit, though, no. <laughs> no, because you're actually, every time you're doing that, and I, I gave my son this example one time, every time you're doing that, you're just paying more money for whatever you spent on, right? Right, right. So you want to get rid of those limits and bring them down. Now, I said bring them down to 10%. It doesn't mean that the next month you can't use it it just means every time they report you better be down at 10 percent mm -hmm. or less if you know or paid in full oh one thing about paying your credit cards in full uh you don't want to do that pay it in full and say oh i'm done because if you don't use that card for six months it's gone gone yep <laughs> they will close it so it, it's really like i said earlier you know uh, i like your concept about simple steps you know it's really about just writing down what your goals are and then really understanding how credit and money works and how it's going to support those goals. Okay. And Talia, what would, what would be some simple steps that you can give families to, um, I guess, get through a rough patch where they're trying to work through being homeless? Well, we have an amazing group of staff members, right, mm -hmm. or team members in the team is led by Rochelle Dow, who's the uh, program director. So once a family comes into um, the home stretch program, they are assigned with budget mentors and family mentors. I definitely encourage the families, one, to, to woosah one when they come in right. because it is hard to come into the program because our program is not easy at all. It's not designed to be easy. And while I'm the leader, it will not be easy because life isn't easy, right? right. Every day we're hit with something different. And um, take a breath, read the um, policies and procedures because that is very, very important. It is another job when you come into the program because you are expected to meet with your case managers, your family mentors, your budget mentors. It is also imperative that the families submit their bank statements because during that process, we are going over their bank statements, making sure that they're not going over their limit with eating out, making sure that they are increasing their savings while they are within the program, and making sure that, well, thirdly, making sure that we are aligning with them to increase the employment or increase their credit score. So as you alluded to, it gives them 
stability or freedom, credit freedom to go out and secure an apartment or their next home once they leave us. Nice. Okay, so um, before before we go off the air, I want to um, give uh, Sandra, if you will, tell people how they can um, contact you. What's the best way? Your so- social media handles, website, all that fun stuff. So the best way right now is to go to creditagentplus.com. Um, I also have uh, Credit Agent Plus um, on Blog Talk Radio. Um, it's just Credit Agent Plus Blacks, Backs. Uh, what is backslash. it? Backslash. Backslash <laughs> uh, Blog Talk Radio. And um, I do a, a morning um, spill there about, you know, just sort of little tidbit ideas on how to improve your credit. But really, again, my message today is not about, uh, oh, improve your credit score. It's about creating credit power. Nice. Okay. And Talia, how can uh, people uh, contact you and uh, get more information about Homestretch? May I do a shameless plug? Sure. First, I just want to say thank you guys for the invitation to come up here. And mm-hmm. Chris, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you to your organization for being an incredible partner with Homestretch because without people like you and your organization, we wouldn't be able to provide the support that we are able to do for our vulnerable community and our families within programs. So thank you very much for that. Mm-hmm. But um, you can get in touch with us at www.homestretch.com. OneWord.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and um, Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And we also encourage anyone that would like to come up to um, our office, which is located at 89 Grove Way, Roswell, Georgia, 30075, to come visit or also come and visit our Millbrook community where you get to see what your your donations are doing to help the families. And also, if anyone is interested in being a unit sponsor, we do have about five units available, and we'll love to speak to you regarding that. Thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah, that is. This has been another episode of Trusted Advisor Radio. Again, I'm your host, Chris Seabrook. We look forward to you tuning in next month. And this is brought to you by our great friends at Country Financial. This is Sandra Ture for Business Radio X. 